Hey there, everybody. Before we get into the episode, I just wanted to go ahead and offer the usual disclaimer. As the name would suggest, I'm just an average guy. I'm not a theologian, and I have no Bible degrees of any sort. The topics covered in this podcast are the results of my own study and understanding, and any and all opinions expressed are just that, my own opinions. I encourage everyone listening to treat this not as an end-all be-all for your understanding, but as a jumping-in point for your own study. I hope that the verses and perspectives provided inspire you to cultivate further growth in your spiritual walk. Now with all that out of the way, let's get into the episode. Welcome back to An Average Account of Exceptional Things. My name is Chandler and I'm your host. Thanks for joining us today. So, hopping right into the intro here, we are coming back to the regular show format after having some wonderful guests for the last three weeks. Now, I hope that you all enjoyed those discussions as much as I did, and if so, don't be afraid to offer that feedback through the link in the show description. So, if you saw the title of this episode, You may have thought that it was some type of political commentary or that we were diving into the weeds of politics and religion, and it's not that at all. Today we're going to be spending some time discussing how God calls people who we often feel to be unlikely candidates and then uses them to do a mighty work. So forgive the uh, clickbait title, so to speak. And we are going to be using a classic story from Scripture to show how God uses these unlikely candidates and to what magnitude God can use these unlikely candidates to achieve his perfect plans. So as we're getting things started here, I want to go ahead and ask you a question. Have you ever felt like you weren't good enough? Now, I know that you can't actually answer me, and frankly, if I heard your voice speaking back to me through my headphones right now, I would be more than a little spooked. But for me, the answer to that question is a resounding yes, absolutely. And I think that if we're honest with ourselves, most of us have experienced that at some point or another, that feeling that we just can't cut it, that we're not good enough. Well, here's the great thing about God. It isn't about how good you are. It's not about how prepared you are, even in some cases. And I will say, I'm very thankful that it's not about how good we are. Calling back to our previous episode, episode 5, where we discussed the sinful nature of humanity. The reality is, who we think is the best fit for something, who we think is going to be the best candidate for a job, and who God knows is actually the best fit, can often be two very different people from very different backgrounds. In fact, God has used unlikely candidates to accomplish spectacular things, of which we'll discuss here in just a moment. But I think this raises a very important question, because we have to ask ourselves, well, if being a useful vessel for the Lord, it's not about how good you are, then what is it actually about? I mean, it has to be about something. There has to be some qualifier, some way that we can wrap our minds around how to prepare ourselves to be that useful vessel. Well, here's an example of something that I think is really important 
in how we serve God, and it's this, humility. Now, I know this is also acting as a little bit of a callback to our episode on pride, but I want to go ahead and read some verses here from 1 Peter. It's going to be chapter 1, verses 13 through 15. Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Now here we are instructed to be as obedient children. And I think that this imparts a particularly strong aspect of humility when you really open up your mind and you visualize that obedient child. It shows us just how important obedience to God really is. We all want to think that we're big and bad, but it's actually crucial to our spiritual walk to lower that self-estimation and put God first in our lives. And this is fairly broad, but I do think it's important to recognize that God also calls people to specific purposes. I know some people, and it seems like they've known exactly where God wanted them to be from the time that they were even a child. They knew this is where God's calling me. This is the direction that he has for my life. And I've also met a lot of other people who take it literally almost day by day. Through all the seasons, they're trusting that God will provide the guidance in due time. And in the meantime, they're dedicated to serving faithfully wherever they find themselves in that moment. And I think that there's a lot of honor and glory to be had for God in both of those things. The importance there is the obedience and the willingness. But going back to those specific purposes, we're going to look at an example of that right now. Now, many of you will likely be familiar with the story that I'm about to address. It comes from 1 Samuel chapter 17. Now, I'm not going to read the entire story in the interest of time here, but if you do go back and read the story for yourself, and I definitely encourage that you do, there are some very, very good verses, particularly in chapter 17, verses 31 through 54. I know that sounds like a pretty big chunk, and it is a little bit large for us to read here, but it goes by pretty quickly when you're actually reading it yourself. Now let me go ahead and give a summary of this story, since I am just referencing the verses here. This is the classic story of David and Goliath. Now I'm sure that we all have an image in our minds of the story of David and Goliath, and it has grown in our culture today, even outside of the Christian context, to refer to just this story of an incredible underdog going into battle and emerging victorious. But let's talk about the details of this story biblically. So there were the Philistines and the Israelites. There were two opposing armies, and they were gathered together to battle one another on opposite hills with a valley in between. Goliath comes out and he shouts a challenge. The Israelites will send down a man to fight him, 
And if Goliath wins, the Israelites become servants of the Philistines. If the opposite happens, if the Israelite wins, once again, vice versa, the Philistines become servants of the Israelites. Goliath issues this challenge day after day. And surprisingly, I say with a lot of sarcasm, he didn't really have any takers. Shocker. Uh, Goliath was, by biblical records, six cubits and a span in height. And since I know most of us, if you're like me, are not uh, readily familiar with the conversion of cubits and spans to feet and inches, or for international listeners, uh, meters and centimeters, this six cubits and a span roughly translates to 11 feet 4 inches tall, which is huge. I mean, really, you could take most of my friends and stack them on top of each other twice and still just be at the height of this single man. So needless to say, he was fearsome in size, but he was also an experienced warrior. I mean, this is someone who is ready for battle in every sense that you could possibly fathom at least in an earthly perspective. Now enter David. David is the youngest of his family, and he's just a humble shepherd, not a warrior. But he arrives at the battlefield, and though others are cowering in fear of Goliath, David boldly volunteers to fight. Now remember, Goliath, big, massive, Hulkin dude, and also extremely well-versed in battle. But David has something even more important, and that's what we're about to get to here. So David takes his sling, his shepherd's sling, and he gets five smooth stones from the brook. And he goes forward to fight Goliath. Now, what David had with him, as most of us know, it wasn't the sling that was some type of superior weaponry that gave him a tactical advantage. It wasn't that these smooth stones were actually some kind of special exploding smooth stones. What David had with him was God. David had God on his side. And if you look back, remember I mentioned David was a shepherd. We see shepherds being important in the Bible time and time again. And it's because when you think of the role of a shepherd, tending to the flock, watching over the sheep, protecting, shepherds had to be strong. They had to stand firmly to defend their flock. They weren't aggressors, but they were incredibly strong defenders. And in the same way, David goes forward to fight this battle in the name of God, for God's people, defending against this aggressor. And as we all know, David wins the battle against Goliath. It probably wouldn't be nearly as popular of a story if he lost. I mean, again, this is an experienced warrior, and he is armed to the teeth. He's got the skills, he's got the armor, he's got the weaponry but it was still insufficient to win that battle against David. 
you're probably sitting there thinking, oh my goodness, he's been droning on and on about this David and Goliath stuff. We know this. How does this relate to unlikely candidates, to this topic that we're discussing today? Well, David was young, and David was an unlikely choice, to say the least. But God knew something that the others didn't know, that we wouldn't know if we didn't read it in Scripture. God knew that David was the perfect candidate for that job. And now I want everyone to stop for a moment and just put yourself in David's shoes. Maybe you feel like you're young or you're an unlikely choice. Maybe you feel like you don't have the skills, you don't have the background, you don't have the knowledge for something. But what if God told you, this is your moment? Even though you think that you're not ready, even though everyone else thinks that there are better candidates out there, I know something they don't. I know that this is where you need to be. Because something wonderful, something amazing is going to happen through you. There's a work that's going to be done through you. You know, I think that we often hesitate when we feel that pull or when we when we hear God calling us or guiding us somewhere. And really, I, in my opinion, there are some pretty common reasons for that. The first is uncertainty. I mean, one example of this uncertainty is maybe you're feeling uncertain about where a path leads, right? And that's intimidating. That's a scary thought for a lot of us, particularly those of us who like to have a plan, who like to have a roadmap. When you feel God calling you somewhere, maybe you feel God calling you to move across the world or across your country to a new place to witness to people that you may have never even met before. Or maybe God's calling you to move just from your seat at one table to an empty seat at another table so that you can interact, that you can encourage people there getting out of your comfort zone and reaching more people and touching more lives. Maybe that's what God has in store for you. Or maybe it's a career change. You know, you could apply this to so many situations and ultimately it all comes down to being willing to step out, to, to go in the face of that uncertainty and trust that God's got this. I know that's a whole lot easier said than done, but at the end of the day, a lot of times that's what it can come down to, is faith that God's not going to lead you somewhere, that he's not going to take you into water deeper than he can bring you through it. You know, there's a movie, I think it's a Jim Carrey movie, where a man is challenged to say yes to everything. And people invite him to things when he has an opportunity, he has to say yes. He starts to live by this code in compliance with this challenge. And he discovers something really amazing. You know, obviously it's the classic arc. There are ups and downs, but at the end... He discovers all these incredible benefits. Everything comes together. All the the random things that you don't see in the beginning come together, and he's able to use these skills and these connections that he's gotten by just saying yes. Now, I'm not saying that you should go around saying yes to everything. In fact, 
I would say there are a whole lot of things in the world right now that, as a Christian, uh, you should probably be saying no to. Definitely there are some things you should be saying no to. But let me ask you this. When you pray, or when you're when you're looking for discernment from God about what direction he has set out for your life or what purpose he's calling you to, have you considered the power of just being willing to say yes? Even if you start small, right? Nothing is too small for God. Maybe you see someone, you notice that, and this is a classic answer or a classic example, and I'm sorry to give what I feel like is is sort of a cop-out example here, but maybe you see someone, you can see it on their face, they're having an awful day, something's gone wrong. You could walk on by. They would never know. But maybe you stop, you talk to them, and you get to share the hope that you have through Christ with them, or uplift and encourage that person Or maybe there's something that you can do to help their situation, and you're able to minister to them in that way. It's so small. It's an opportunity that no one would ever know that you missed. Maybe it's an opportunity that you would forget that you missed as soon as you walked by. But I think there's so much power in just being willing to say yes, even in the little things but also in the big things. Now, another example of something that I feel is often a hindrance or an obstacle to us in trusting that we can really follow where God calls us is inconvenience. And I know that this kind of goes hand in hand with that uncertainty in some regards. But, you know, I think that it often conflicts with what we want or what we have plans for in our own lives when we get that call from God, when we know that he's leading us in a direction that maybe we haven't anticipated, and we think, this doesn't really fit along with my plans. Well, not to discourage preparedness or proper planning, but Scripture actually has something to say about that as well. We can find it in James chapter 4, verses 13 through 15. Come now, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, If the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. I have a really good friend And for a long time after he read this verse, and and he still does it quite often today, if I would say, hey, I'll see you Wednesday night, or looking forward to hanging out Saturday, he'll say, Lord willing. That was his response. It wasn't, I'll see you there. He would always catch himself at first, and then it became habit. He'd say, Lord willing, I'll be there. Now, You may say that's kind of extreme to always be saying, well, I don't know, Lord willing. But it's really not extreme. In fact, that's exactly how it is, if we're honest with ourselves. You know, and you don't have to say, Lord willing, every time, or if God wills it, I'll be there. 
Now, I'm not trying to, to dictate the words that exit all of our mouths. It's not that at all. But it's this mindset that, you know, I make plans. I do my best to prepare for the future. I would like to say that we all, to some degree or another, try to prepare for what the future will have in store. But at the end of the day, the plans that we make don't always line up with the perfect plans that God has laid out for us. Where God calls us isn't always convenient, but that obedience is still so important, that childlike obedience. Now, the last thing that I see as a major common roadblock to following after where God calls us would be doubt. You know, we doubt in our own ability to complete the task that's laid out before us. And that's such an easy thing to do. I found myself doubting so many times. And this is where, just like we're not called to lean on our own understanding, we're not called to lean on our own ability. Like I said earlier, it's not about how good you are or your skill sets. This is something that I feel like has been said several times. I've probably said it on this podcast at least once. But God does not call the equipped. He equips the called. If God is calling you somewhere, if he's leading you down a path, he will give you the tools that you need to succeed. And that can look very different in all sorts of circumstances. That could mean putting someone in your life who has the skill set that you need to meet what you have to have for a task. It could be providing you with the opportunity to gain the skills or to form the relationships that you need to be successful in that endeavor for him. That's the wonderful thing about God. His creativity is endless. Unlike us, it's, it's completely infinite. It knows no bounds. And he has all of the resources at his disposal. And the way that God solves problems and addresses needs, it's absolutely incredible. And a lot of times I've found that it goes way beyond anything I could ever personally imagine. So as we start to wrap up here, I want to offer this. If that's you, if you feel that God's calling you somewhere, that he's leading you in a certain direction for your life, whether that's long-term or short-term or anywhere in between, maybe you're feeling that uncertainty or the doubt I encourage you to pray to God for clarity and for wisdom in discerning where he is calling you to. And then, as a second step, once you pray to God, that's the most important thing, talking to God, building that personal relationship and asking for clarity. Then, boldly step forward and be willing to show that obedience. Not only in the big moments but also just in everyday life as well. God will provide everything you need so we can find comfort when we step out in faith and follow his purpose for us, regardless of wherever that may be or whatever that might look like. And please remember this. God is glorified through every act of obedience, no matter how large or how small 
it may seem. This officially concludes episode 20, Unlikely Candidates. Like I said at the beginning, I encourage everyone listening to use the topics covered in this episode as a gateway into your own study of God's Word. Hopefully one of the verses mentioned or perspectives offered has inspired you to dig deeper and further your understanding of who God is, and then take that understanding and apply it to your daily walk. With all that said, I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode of An Average Count of Exceptional Things. And until next time, encourage one another, love your enemies, and count your blessings.